Perhaps the most tense moment in the story of the Megillah is as Queen Esther is approaching the chamber of Achashverosh. The lives of her entire nation, all the Jewish people, are really hanging in the balance, and they're all on her shoulders. And she is going to present herself to the king and beg for her nation. And of course, that was hugely successful, and she was able to bring about the great salvation of the story of Purim. But in the moments as she was approaching the king's chamber, one can well imagine she was davening. She was praying with all her heart, davening for Hashem, for Hashem's protection, and to put the right words in her mouth, and that she'd be successful. The Gemara tells us, in fact, that she was davening, she was saying the words of chapter 22 in Tehillim in Psalms. Perik Chav chapter 22 of Psalms, which begins the second verse, Keli, Keli, <clears throat> Excuse me, Lama Zavtani, Hashem, why do you forsake us? And I pray to you all day and all night. And these were the words that Esther was repeating to herself and saying as she was silently davening to Hashem, um, approaching the chamber of, of Achashverosh. In fact, that, in, that entire chapter of Tehillim is called the chapter of Esther, the prayer that she said at that time. It starts with the words, Lamnatseach Alayeles Hashachar. The song for the morning star, or the crack of dawn. Calling, comparing Esther to the morning star, the crack of dawn. Says the Gemara, why is Esther compared to Shachar, to the morning, to the crack of dawn? And says, just like dawn comes after the entire night, so too the story of Esther, the story of Purim, comes after all of the miracles. What that means is that all the miracles that we had as a nation were primarily before the story of Esther, before the book of Esther, whether the stories of, of, the, of Yisias Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, um, the splitting of the sea, the uh, clouds, the heavenly clouds in the desert, the giving of the Torah, all this happens before Esther. And Esther represents the end of the era of the miraculous or at least the miraculous that ends up in the books of the Torah. Esther, the book of Esther, is the last book of the books that are part of the written Torah that we have. And that's what the Gemara says. She's called the morning. The morning follows the entire night. And she follows or she ends all of the miracles for the Jewish people. Or the era of special miracles for the Jewish people that are inscribed in the books of the Torah. And here there's an interesting question that the commentators ask. When we say Esther is the end of the era of miracles, and therefore she's like the morning which is after night, is that a proper metaphor? After all, one would think miracles represent divine revelation. When there's no miracles, there's concealment. Miracles are divine revelation. So if Esther is the end of the era of miracles, wouldn't it be more apropos that Esther should be like the beginning of night? After the long day of revelation of miracles, Esther represents the end of that and the beginning of concealment, which is nighttime. And yet, here we're seeing the opposite. Esther is after all the miracles, so she's like the end of the night. So the miracles here are being compared to the night. And the end of the miracles is when day begins, is when there's no more miracles. Isn't it odd? Isn't it odd that the era of miracles is considered or compared to nighttime? And Esther, which is the end of that, now there's not going to be miracles. Now it's morning. Now it's daylight. How do we understand this? Why is the era of miracles compared to night and Esther ending that and beginning the morning? 
And the Rebbe gives a very beautiful explanation, which really touches on the essence of what Purim is all about and the real, powerful, unique message of Purim. And that is the following. Miracles, what, are, what is a miracle? We're, we're in trouble. Uh, the natural state of things aren't working out. And Hashem miraculously pulls us out of Egypt, splits the sea for us, uh, surrounds us with heavenly clouds, performs some earth-shattering miracle. What does that really mean? That means that nature, as it is, is problematic. It's not working out for us. And Hashem, um, you know, flexes his muscles and overcomes or overthrows or, or breaks the laws of nature to perform a miracle for us. Think about the story of Purim is totally different. The most unique aspect of the miracle of Purim is that there is no miracle in the miracle of Purim. The story of the Megillah is a story that reads naturally. It's miraculous only because statistically, the fact that all the events lead one into another is amazing. And therefore we say, wow, Hashem saved us. But really, nothing supernatural happened in the story of Purim. The laws of nature were not broken. Says Hasidus, when a miracle happens without breaking the laws of nature, that's so much greater than the miracle that requires the laws of nature to be broken. Because when the laws of nature have to be broken, what that says is nature doesn't work out. Nature is not godly. We get stuck. And Hashem breaks nature and reveals himself, reveals his power and saves us. The story of Purim tells us that nature itself is Hashem's vehicle. Hashem doesn't have to break nature to save us. Nature is the vehicle of Hashem through which Hashem works His salvation for us. And that's what's unique about the story of Purim, that nature wasn't broken. Nature is a vehicle working with Hashem. Now, we live in a natural world. All of us live, or human beings, we live in a natural world. So, If you follow the pattern of all the other miracles, what we're really saying is we're living in a dark place. We're living in a dark place of nature, which is not godly. And when needed, Hashem will shine his way through and break the darkness, part the darkness and bring in the light of miracles. That's like bringing a candle into a room, flicking on a light by night time. So it's it's really night, it's really dark, but there's a light dispelling the darkness. But what Esther did was she said, it's not dark. Nature is a vehicle of Hashem. It's not a darkness that Hashem has to break, that Hashem has to part, that Hashem has to overcome. Nature, or what we call the darkness of this world, is not dark, it's a vehicle of Hashem. That's what it means that Esther is the end of the night time. All of the miraculous, supernatural miracles, that was night time. Because a miracle means that the world that we live in is dark and Hashem is shining His light into it. Purim brings to the fore, Esther revealed to us that that this world is not dark. Nature is not dark, it's a vehicle of Hashem. So then we're not living in darkness anymore. So it's time for mourning. The night transformed into day. The 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 realization that where we live and the nature, the world that Hashem created for us is not a world that's a cover up over Hashem. Rather, Hashem exists and Hashem Um, controls, and Hashem works through the world and the nature that He created. 
That's the beauty of the story of Esther and the tremendous, powerful message. One of the reasons why in Purim we dress up, or at least the children dress up, is telling us that Hashem is dressed up in everything that goes on in this world. So when we look around and we say, why isn't Hashem performing a miracle? We're looking the wrong direction. Hashem performing a miracle, that's before Purim. Once Purim comes around, Purim taught us that Hashem doesn't have to perform miracles. Everything that happens every moment of every day is a miracle. It's a question of looking for it. It's a question for finding it. And it's a question for seeing the goodness and the holiness in the nature of the world that Hashem created around us. This is the message of Purim, the powerful message for each and every one of us. Have a Freilich and Purim and a good Shabbos.